Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Um, all right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, fans and fan favorites, it's Virus Day 2434. We're not exactly sure if it is that number. We ha- we don't know how long we've been in quarantine, but it is episode 117 of the show You've Grown to Wonder. Is that still a show? Are those guys still talking to each other or doing things? Does no one care? And let's let's be honest, people. It's not that we don't care. It's that... There seems to be more important things for everyone to do than to listen to us three idiots talk about we don't really know that much about. But hey, let's start the show. What did you say? <laughs> it was show 17? <laughs> what? No, 172, according to this document. Is that correct? Does anybody know? Is that a good number? Does that it's- sound right? Look, the, there, the, the precision with which we do this show <laughs> means that it doesn't matter, Tom. It doesn't matter. It's never that's, mattered. That's true, I guess. I saw yesterday breaking news. I don't know, didn't watch the whole video that Ben Solons is stopping Teslanomics. Because there, there is no Teslanomics anymore. I wonder what that's about. Has anybody seen the video? I haven't watched the whole thing. No, I had no idea. Maybe That's, he's like, I've already got seven cars, three roadsters, 47 power walls. What else do I need? Yeah, what else can I get? But he's good. I like listening to him. Yeah. Well, you're going to miss him. Maybe maybe all of his listeners can start listening to us with all of our in-depth knowledge <laughs> of... <laughs> it's not, not going to happen, Tom. Not going to happen. Hey, we should uh, note uh, the pandemic, of course, and we should thank all of the healthcare workers and the frontline workers and the people bagging your stuff and Robert seeing lots of patients out there and all those people on the front lines. Thank you for what you're doing. It's amazing. And uh, it's not going to be over anytime soon. We're going to have to move from the sprint to the marathon. And uh, we're going to do that soon. We're not going to be jumping back into the economy. We're going to be slowly going back, slowly, slowly, slowly. No jumping back in. Slowly. So what does that mean for Tesla? I guess that's something that we should discuss as we go through the various things today. The we factory will. is closed till at least May 14th, and even then I'm not sure how that'll work. Which factory? All the factories? Uh, Fremont I was specifically thinking about, but that was sort of, I think, like lots of things, uh, a hopeful number. Um Obviously, we have to start getting things back up and running, but it's going to be... I can't believe that it'll be full capacity. I see that parking lot on a normal day, and it's full of thousands and thousands of people. They're going to have to do some sort of distancing. They're going to have to do some sort of checking like they have in Wuhan and other places, and they check your temperature and all this stuff. So don't expect that on May 15th, even if they do go back, a thousand cars a week are coming off that line. It's going to be a slow process, slowly, slowly, Even if they... Imagine if they would have gotten that alien dreadnought going. They could have just been like really ahead of the game, making cars with nobody. 
Well, the good thing is nobody's driving anywhere right now, so it's not that big a deal. That's true. What do you think? Do you think people are still taking Ubers and stuff? A Tesla. I was at Tesla today, and we'll talk about why. I was at a Tesla service what? center, and they, at one point, offered me an Uber, and I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you won't even come within four feet of me with a mask and gloves on, and you want to put me in an Uber? But... A Tesla Robo Taxi. Mm. Yes, but even full then, of coronavirus. Right, from the that, that's person. what I thought of. Like, <laughs> are they now going to have to put like a, a nozzle in the middle of the roof and just spray, spray. it with like yeah. anti death or like a UV light? Will UV kill coronavirus? Do we know? Yes, that's one of the ways they sterilize uh, N95 masks. But it's a, uh, it's not just one sort of spray of UV light. It actually takes a little while, but. In ICUs, they do this UV thing where they disinfect the room and you go in there and it's pulsing this UV. They're like, don't look in there. You're, don't look, you'll be blind. That sounds terrible. But uh, maybe they'll, yeah, it'll be a little hydrogen peroxide bottle and they'll spray that through there. Nobody can write in it for 30 minutes and then you can. You know, uh, one of the theories of why we in California haven't been hurt as much as um, New York is that there's probably multiple factors. But one of the factors is that everybody in New York goes to work with a thousand other people in the same train. Exactly. We go to work in our own little capsule. And they also <laughs> live like within six feet of everybody else because they all live in apartments very tightly, very dense. So it makes sense in a so, lot of ways that it happened, but it really sucks for the people there. Absolutely. I just want to apologize to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, are you listening? I've been bitching about you and your freeways and your cars <laughs> for 25 years. Los Angeles, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked to an inanimate thing in a very long time. We used to do that a lot. Yeah, it used to be like the sun. Uh-huh. We yeah. talked to the light sun. Speed. Light so, speed. So uh, who wants to, to talk about the fact that we are not, even on Los Angeles, driving anymore? And what does that mean for our insurance? If you're not yeah. driving, you're not crashing. If you're not crashing, you know, the insurance company has no risk. In fact, the insurance companies. I read that the health insurance companies are posting record gains right now because people aren't going and seeing the doctor and spending money, healthcare money. But the insurance commissioner of California made this announcement just a couple of days ago that he's ordering all insurance companies to return premiums to both uh, individuals and businesses that are affected by the corona pandemic. And they say that uh, we're driving fewer miles we're doing uh, much less business, especially if your business is closed, so that the risk to insurance companies is no longer there. So they should return premiums. And so I even got a letter from Tesla Insurance uh, the 18th. Oh, that's today. And they're telling me that to help support our customers during these uncertain times, Tesla Insurance Services is providing you with a 20% credit for your March and April auto insurance payments, 20% credit. Wow. Issue that in the next few weeks. Um, and then I went to this article and I said, wait a minute, return premium. So I thought when I read the article, oh, they're giving me all my money back, but it turns out it's probably just going to be a portion. Yes, Tom. So this isn't medical insurance that we're, that the insurance commissioner is talking about? This is other forms of insurance? Well, the types of insurance that were listed in this Los Angeles Times article that I'm referring to was private and commercial auto insurance, workman's compensation insurance, uh, multi-peril commercial insurance. That sounds bad, multi-peril. Mm -hmm. yeah. Medical malpractice. 
and other lines of insurance where the risk has fallen substantially as a result of the pandemic. They never said anywhere that this was medical insurance. Hmm, But malpractice insurance, because you can't kill patients if you don't have any. That's true. And I've talked to quite a few physicians, like a dermatologist and a hematologist, and they're like not seeing any people. They're talking to people on the phone. And a lot of us have started using these uh, online, uh, like teledoc type systems for seeing patients, which is interesting. Different, definitely. Yes. uh, I think it'd be cool if your insurance company gave you 20% back, but their risk has probably dropped by 80%. So they're probably not, you know, they're probably still going to make out. Yeah, but their company picnics are going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd that come from? (laughs) But you can't go to a company picnic, so they save that money as well. Oh, wait. I mean, the CEO's new uh, wing is going to be amazing. (laughs) I apologize. I misspoke a little. Uh, Did you read about that trading firm? There's like a hedge fund trading firm where they brought all of their traders to a Four Seasons down in Florida from like Connecticut and Chicago or wherever in the Midwest. And they brought all these people down and they took over an entire wing of the Four Seasons. No public are allowed there. And they're working from their rooms and eating, you know, communally at the Four Seasons, which is that's pretty tough. So they've self-sequestered themselves at the Four Seasons? Did yeah, any of those people were like, oh, I guess I don't care to see my family for the next, or did they bring their families? That's ridiculous. No, no families. That's and uh, there's even like an island. I, I can't remember the name of it in Florida. It's like a golf resort, but it's like an island in Florida. That's one of the, I think it might be the richest zip code in America. And they basically quarantine the island. And if you go, you have to quarantine, they test everybody, everybody. You bring your 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 trainer, your housekeeper, and everything, and everybody stays on site. And they're just living their life. It turns out if you're spectacularly rich, you often do well in the worst of circumstances. Yeah, like uh who's the dude who's living on his yacht? And uh Geffen. Geffen, right. <laughs> yeah, but these people are going to start the revolution is what they're going to end up doing because they're going to be – he right. even was tweeting oh, Instagram photo, Instagramming of his – and people were like, dude, you are you crazy? Yeah. Don't do that. If you are lucky enough to have that situation, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do not yeah, tweet. No. Please. Hey, is this thing on? Hey, people. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's talk about Tesla. Let's talk about let's talk about deep scale, not state deep scale, not state deep scale. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so deep scale. For those of you who don't know, was acquired by Tesla last year to work on super high end mystery supervillain type stuff. No, like what? Uh, genetically modified material that can turn you into a Superman. Oh no, I mean autopilot. That, oh. that type of stuff. So anyways, I don't really understand what they're doing, but apparently we're now starting to see some patent applications that came out. So they filed a patent application days after Tesla acquired them in October of 2019. And apparently now that information is getting out and it's the application is called Systems and Methods for Training Machine Models with Augmented Data. Anyone? Oh, yeah. Anyone have any idea what that means? Yeah, that's uh, this is when you take a system or you've got sort of a method uh-huh, and you kind of yeah. want to train a machine or a okay, model. Okay, okay, okay. And what we're going to do is use mm-hmm. augmented data to do that. 
Oh, okay. So what I'm telling you about this thing is there are lots of words in this patent thing that I don't understand when they put them together in these forms of sentence. Like individually, I know what the words mean, but together in this patent application, very, very complicated. But yeah, thanks to Fred of Electric, uh, it's what they're trying to patent is related to the neural net using data from different sensors, observing scenes like the eight cameras in Tesla's autopilot array. There's a whole bunch of additional words. You can read this. It's on electric. It's called deep scale. <laughs> I have no idea. I think it's actually pretty interesting, but Elon is saying that they're going through a significant foundational rewrite of autopilot. And what that means is uh, you guys probably paid for autopilot again and won't be getting <laughs> it. I just wanted to point that out. That's the main reason I brought this whole article sure, to, the, to the front end. Never um, miss an opportunity to make <laughs> us look stupid. Excellent. He called it three. There's some 3D labeling involved in this. Um, but I would say if there's anybody out there, including you two guys, gentlemen, who understand what the hell this is and maybe can make us understand it, that would be helpful. But it has to do with the images that they bring into Tesla, into the Teslas, and how they take those images and adapt them for the machine before the machine interprets what they mean, I believe is what that has to do with. So they take a picture of some trees and a car, and they turn it into something else, and then they show it to the machine. Like a preamp. I guess so. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way of thinking about it, Rob. You're so smart. I like how they say, you know, they're doing this to avoid overfitting the model to the characteristics of the capture equipment used to obtain the training data. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, that's what it's very straightforward. About. It's very straightforward information. I think if we really had our stuff together, the three of us would have gotten together ahead of time <laughs> and created a cocktail just to like highlight this kind of thinking. Yeah. In fact, I think you could open a bar now. Maybe not a good time. Now is not a good time. But let's imagine you open a bar and it only has cocktails named after things that have to do with like the neural net and deep scale yeah. and autopilot. You could have all these cocktails and you'd be like, I'll have two autopilots. And and for you guys, what that means is you'll pay $12 and they won't give you anything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Our most expensive cocktail is $24, and they hand you an empty glass. Thank you, just as I was expecting. And, and we like, call it uh, autopilot. <laughs> full self-driving is also very expensive. Full self-drunking. It's self-drunking. You, you go in and you buy a glass from them for $24, but you have to bring your own alcohol. So the drink that would be created for this article in electric would be like the Kopi Luwak coffee. The pre-digested coffee that, you know, they put the, the animals that eat the coffee cherries and then poop out the beans and then they make the coffee from that. That would go with this. Uh, that's that stuff's really expensive and it's supposed to be really good. A friend of mine had someone he was in uh, Indonesia, I think it was. Of course he did. So that's interesting because I tried that. I was eating a lot of coffee, shitting it out and <laughs> trying to sell it and it wasn't selling very well. I was calling it Mel's stool coffee and... Uh, there's a picture of it right there, the poopy yeah. coffee. Poopy coffee. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, people didn't delicious. like it. <laughs> you know what? I've I've always 
been when I drink my coffee, the one thing that I'm really stoked about is that it doesn't taste like monkey <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, it's not monkeys, it's civets, oh. which is even more kind of oh. apropos to the Yeah, situation. it also comes with a side of uh, novel coronavirus 20. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how we all got coronavirus. It was civet <laughs> coffee. That's yeah. right. Some yuppie gave us this pandemic because they were... St- Welcome. really is like a string of consciousness. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to COVID bucks. How can I help you? Look, I, I'm sorry we buried the lead, but I got my Model Y and we probably should be what? talking about that. Wait a minute. What? Hold on a oh, second. Hang on a second. Wait a minute. We're like three and a half what? stupid articles into this show. That and now be... Mr. Herbert is like, oh, oh speaking of You're autopilot, I paid for it. Does it work? I know. Oh, that totally would have buried the lead if it was true. Oh, you lied to us? Oh. Wow. You know what? I, I'm off the show. Oh, my yeah. God. I can't believe it. It's such yeah. a roller coaster of emotions up in here. Yeah. Like, just, it'd be great if I had it because it could just be sitting out there doing nothing. Well, you can drive it. Have they talked about pickups? Does anybody know what they're doing about pickups? Because I was at Tesla today, Touchless and I will though. tell you mm. some things. Um, it was not good. Well, pickup, we talked a little bit about last time. They are doing all this touchless pickup where you go over here, you pick up your paperwork, and I don't know the exact mechanism, but it's basically very non-touch. Go, the car's over there, mm-hmm. the paperwork's over there, and the front door is over there. Now get away from me and take your car. <laughs> well, but the way I don't they know. did it with me is they just put the papers and the key, well, they gave the key to your neighbor, <laughs> but that I didn't know. But they just left the papers in a FedEx envelope on the front seat, and they said, just, you know, Go uh, use your app to add the car, open the car, sign the papers, send them in to us, and drive away. That was it. Yeah. But I just, I have no sense right now. I assume that there is like zero cars coming off the lot at Fremont because they've got a skeleton crew there just sort of updating the stuff for the Model Y, the new tent. I assume that there's no actual production going on because how could you? Because, you know, if Bob and Betty can't help fold and put the machine together... Surely zero are coming off the lot. Did they build a new tent in Fremont for the Y line? Did they build that Y back, that well, line back in there? Uh, well, that's what I read is that the, that's what they're doing is that they're tweaking the line. And I don't know if that's the old line and they're just making it tweaked for Model Y or if they've already built the tent for the um, Model mm. Y. But that, I mean, I assume, if anybody knows, are there any cars coming off? I assume zero. They're coming, bunch are coming off in China. China's on fire, but here, zero. So let me just clarify. Mel, you have not received your Model Y. Let's be very clear. I have no Y. Why? Because there's a pandemic. Yeah, that was mean-spirited. Supposedly there were like thousand, a thousand of them sitting around waiting just for one part. And yeah, couldn't that's... they just have the one dude kind of just, oh no, look over there, look over there. And he'd be the one dude just putting that one part on so they can at least get those out. That one what? part is the steering wheel? Or the brakes. Autopilot V4. What else we got going on here? Kids, uh, Cybertruck, what's the news? Talk There's a pretty exciting article on April 17th in Electric. And I don't know if you guys, this is going to be pretty interesting to you, but it was written by Fred Lambert, who it's, it's pretty rare that he ever writes anything on Electric, but this one was <laughs> definitely written by him. And basically what's happening is Sarcasm. Tesla is... Oh, yeah. Tesla is updating 
several aspects of the Cybertruck. So they, they showed us that production model. That was the one that came with the broken side windows. Um, <laughs> and so they've decided to change things up and not make one with the broken side windows. But basically, they reduced the whole size of the thing by 3%. What Elon said was he... This is via Twitter. He made the center line a little more level and lowered the windowsill height. So overall, it's a little bit lower, maybe 3%, but they don't really know. But according to like the initial specifications, it was about 232 inches long, 79 inches wide, 75 inches tall. And this one, it's only 72.8 inches tall. So that's a few inches lower. Um, and that is probably a pretty big deal. Three inches shorter could probably fit in a few extra garages. I know for sure, uh, like my truck is 83 plus inches and it goes nowhere. You can take the thing nowhere. It can go in nothing. It can go under <laughs> nothing. It's basically useless um, uh, for a lot of things like that. But the fun thing is if you go to this article, you go to Electric, you know me, I like to read the comments. The comments, super, super fun. But I do have a question. Why, why F-150 owner, why Dodge Ram owner goes to places like Electric just to troll people? They go to the Electric, they, they compare their dicks to one another on this website talking about like, my truck can do this and your truck won't be able to do that because your truck doesn't exist and it's a vaporware. And, and I guess maybe because it's quarantine time, people have all kinds of extra time to spend doing these things. But what I would say is why so much anger? Maybe there's room for both a cyber truck and a traditional truck because we all need to have choices. But I can agree that Tesla fans can also be overzealous with their change the world hyperbole. And But why is that optimism? Why do you guys think that that sort of optimism is taken so negatively by traditional truck owners? Are they threatened by it? Like, what is the deal? Okay, my theory is it's sociologic that uh, Teslas represent yuppie, progressive, liberal, West Coast, East Coast uh, losers. And uh, if you're in another part of the country, in another demographic, if you see that group, anything that group thinks is good, you automatically hate and vice versa. This is sort of the division. This is the your tribe, my tribe thing. It doesn't have to make any sense at all. It doesn't right. have to matter that it's an American car built in America by Americans. It doesn't matter. That tribe right. likes it. Therefore, I hate it. You're not in my tribe. But Simple it seems that. super focused with like truck people potentially and maybe... Maybe we saw this before before Model 3 came out. Maybe it was kind of similar, but this one seems a little more aggro because I don't remember hearing a whole bunch of like Honda owners being angry about the Model 3 coming out and all the stuff we said about the Model 3. Like you weren't like the Civic is the greatest four-course four-door sedan ever made and uh, nothing's better. I think a lot of it has to do with the flyover effect. So mm -hmm. there's that section particularly in the center of the country where people yeah. use a lot of trucks mm -hmm. and feel like those uh, people, I don't know if that includes us or not, that live on the coasts who are yeah. liberal and more educated are somehow ignoring and not sensitive to the issues that are going on in the middle. And so I know, Tom, you've been saying all along, that you feel bad about this group of people out of work because of automation and, and so on and so forth. And I agree with you. But I think overall, in general, that um, 
those folks, and I'm just kind of generalizing, and I apologize if you own a truck, you know, in Fresno, and I'm saying you're in the middle, you are kind of in the middle of California, but, you know, you get the sense is that it's a group of people who typically have a tough time. And when those of us start belching out our objection to using fossil fuels, because we want everything electric, they're like, hey, I can't run my combine on a battery, or I can't, you know, haul my hogs to market without a gasoline. So we're just kind of like a massive stick in their uh, mud. Right. But do you think it has to do, because I don't believe that, I mean, obviously we want gas cars to go away, but we're not, we're not like gas cars go away. It's weird. It not because it, because we don't like gas cars because we think of the positivity of electric cars. It's not a negative. It's a, it's sort of like, we want to save the planet. We think there's an alternative. We think there's a good alternative. And then, but the question is, are we being too hyperbolic? Is that what's bothering people about? Like, is there, is, it's not a zero sum game because I think the market, and we'll talk about that in a minute, the market will, will get us there anyways, sort of naturally. Well, uh, Again, I think you can only explain it by uh, this tribalism. I think that's the only way you can really explain it. But I did see a super funny um, bumper sticker on a giant truck that I was driving behind a couple of days ago. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's on a giant truck. And he's like, I drive a giant truck. I'm a Democrat. There's two more just like me. <laughs> funny. And I saw a bumper sticker on a Ford F-150 that said, my next truck is a cyber. I've truck. seen that one a couple of yeah, times. That one was pretty cool. But I was yeah. wondering, do you think we would be having this conversation if the first vehicle, or maybe the second vehicle Tesla came out with, or maybe the third, was a truck? In other words, instead of Tesla doing the S, then the X, let's say it did the S and then a pickup truck. Would we be having this conversation? Would they have all been? Well, we would have had it six years ago, is my guess. <laughs> but you're saying know. it would have trickled down. Truck owners want to realize this is really great. And uh, maybe. Well, I mean, yeah. we'll see if Cybertruck comes out and all the sort of traditional truck owners, if it's a clearly superior yeah. truck, and we hope it is, they'll all just start jumping on and maybe that'll uh, change our tribalism. And maybe Cybertruck is actually the cure to this huge division in the world and mm. it all happened through a giant silly looking truck that would be cool yeah that no i'm thinking cool. that cyber truck will not only be a great vehicle and work for so many people in so many ways but it will be like a slingshot effect and it'll throw you know down the walls of resistance to electric vehicles and they'll be saying you know when can i have my combine when can i have my tractor when can i have my you name it dump truck well what do, do you, you think, think what do you think of the fact that the gas prices are so low do you and they're probably going to stay low for a few years. Does that mean that we're going to just never transition to electric vehicles because people are just going to buy the biggest damn trucks they can? Well, I do have an, uh, an article that we're going to talk about. You want to skip over to that one right now? Yeah, there is a Model a, yeah, Y article. So it's it. basically a Yahoo Finance article. And I think it was originally an electric article, according to this site. But I found it on Yahoo Finance. And it was Tesla's position to take advantage of the end of the COVID-19 lockdown, basically. And so... 
times are tough for all automakers, but is Tesla better positioned than the rest of them to take advantage when the lockdown ends? Market analysts, okay, here's a quote. The market and analysts are starting to look at what the auto market is going to look like post-pandemic. Many are starting to see that Tesla might be in a better position. Some auto makers who are stuck in longer product cycles appear to be considering delaying some of their market launches which Tesla is not doing because Tesla is more nimble. And, and so you can see like this cash flow issue that all these traditional automakers are having, they're going to come out of this and want to maximize their profits and not put as much money into long-term R&D. And I think it is actually an interesting way to think about it because Tesla, again, is another company not being valued on its short-term earnings, which all these traditional companies will be. And the fact that Tesla is going to lose money, we've seen that before, right? Quarter, this quarter, probably the next quarter, who knows? But can Ford and GM weather that in the same way as it pertains to their stockholders? So it's an interesting way to kind of think about it. And so I just wanted to to round out my thoughts on this by giving this piece of information. Since January 2nd, which was sort of the beginning of this COVID thing, Tesla has gone from $430 in stock price to $753 as of Friday, which is a 75% increase. And Ford has gone from $9.42 a share to $512 a share, a 45% decrease. Dodge Fiat, which is the Dodge Ram, uh, $15 and January 2nd to $8 today, a 46% decrease. So the market in and of itself is, is telling us that, yes, this is true. This is these legacy automakers are going to come out of this potentially struggling with Tesla potentially being better positioned. Maybe it's because of its size. Maybe it's because of its nimbleness. Maybe it's because they have the $6 billion on hand to be able to weather it. Uh, but I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, there's two things there. One is um, whether they can weather it just from a financial point of view. And I get that Tesla might be better off. It's got some cash. It's not as big. Um, its burn rate probably is not as much. And the Model Y, once they can get it cracking, will probably sell very well. Although the economy is going to be so screwed, it's going to be unclear how any car sales are. But my biggest concern is that Ford and GM will do exactly that. They will just sell their most profitable cars, which are gigantic trucks, gigantic SUVs that are gas guzzlers at a time when gas will be low priced. And uh, that's bad. Although I did read one um, uh, paper, not paper, article that was saying in England, it's really clean. Like London air is the cleanest it's been in a very long time, just like it here is in LA. And they asked this group of people, after the pandemic is over, which type of car would you like to buy? And over 50% of people, more, much more than ever it occurred before, said, I'd like to have clean air all the time, so I would like to buy an electric car. That's I don't know cool. if that sentiment is enough for you to go out and buy an electric car, um, but that would be cool if people go, oh, this is what the world looks like if you're a super renewable and clean. This is what those idiots have been talking about. <laughs> yeah, it is really impressive. Uh, the, the views that I have around Los Angeles when I'm driving into the valley or just looking out from the bluffs in Santa Monica, it's just amazingly crystal clear. And I hope that what you're saying, Tom, the people who are interested in buying a car now adhering more to the environmentalism of the EV isn't going to further distance us from those folks who are really big on their SUVs. Right. And you can see this impact in other countries who maybe are emerging, like an emerging market, because the 
industrialized world has kind of slowed down and we're not driving as much. The people, and I don't know if this is exactly contributing to it, but in India, in the major cities in India, you can now see the Himalayas for the first time in decades. So imagine you grow up in, in India by some of the most beautiful mountain ranges on this planet and you've never seen them until now. Is that because the industrial world has taken a pause and said, oh, you get to breathe. That's exactly what it's from. And the pictures all over the world are the same. Uh, It turns out that humans are filthy. And uh, (laughs) our industrial revolution is filthy. And we need to stop it. But if you're in India, as soon as the economy starts going again and you make 10 bucks a day, you're not going to go and buy an EV. You're going to buy the cheapest thing that's going to get you fed. But it's also an opportunity for the industrialized world to come out of this. They're going to be making huge investments anyways in all kinds of things and all kinds of businesses. Why not jumpstart it with renewables and and get people back to work on renewables and, and do it that direction? Well, that's again, all right, that's the divide. So there's one group that's saying, you know, we're going to spend trillions of dollars. This is a chance for us to do what hasn't been done in, you know, 70 or 100 years, completely reform society. This is our opportunity to build giant windmill farms and solar farms like we used to build giant dams and and the C, what are they called? The CCS. There's going to be millions of unemployed people. Let's put them to work and totally restructure the way we do energy here in the United States and across the world. And that'll be the infrastructure for the next 100 years. And that's the one good thing that'll come out of this great pandemic and depression. Yeah. But there's another group that could be in power and they're not going to want to do that. Yeah, the group that's standing in the soup kitchen line or the food handout line are unlikely to be considering this. They're going to just keep putting gas in their cars that are marginal and probably the more polluting and less efficient ones. And it's, this, is, this is a complicated situation. It really is, yeah. Because uh, you do want it to restart as quickly as possible and you don't want anything to delay that and delay people getting back to work. But uh, like Mel said, it's our opportunity as a civilization. It's not even as a country, a society, a continent. It's a civilization because this has impacted all of us in one way, shape, or form. And we are seeing with our very eyes what a clean planet actually looks like. Yeah, in fact, look at the dozens and dozens of pictures I've seen of like alligators uh, just wandering the streets of Miami or the deer that are coming out of the hills and coyotes all over Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, because there's not as much traffic. I, uh, I live here in Santa Monica. The number of squirrels that I see now all along sort of the bluffs in Santa Monica, hundreds. It's like an army. It's crazy. Yeah. There's some great uh, videos from Yosemite, like the bears and everybody are like, where'd everybody go? And they're having the time of their life. And then you have cities where the rats have like are starting to eat each other because there's no food scraps for them to eat. It's insanity out there. It's, it it kind of shows you actually how quickly the world will just move on without us. So be warned, people. The world doesn't care. It's going to be here millions of years beyond where we're going to be here. So think about that when you're making your choices. There is that great scene at the beginning of um, the uh, Will Smith movie. End of the world. Uh, what was it called? 
can't remember the yeah, name. Yeah, he's like hunting or something. Right? Yeah, he's in the middle of a giant city hunting deer, and then a lion jumps over him and grabs the deer. It's like it's in the middle of you know, this New York. It's like what's happening here? Yeah, I am legend. <laughs> yes, I am legend. Great. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about your free supercharging. Could you do me a favor right now? Go to your app. Yeah, mine never works like this. I checked this when I saw this in the show notes. I've and never gotten the listing of how many free miles. In your loot, loot box, you didn't get the listing of how many free miles you have? No, my, I have um, supercharging, 8,472 supercharging oh miles. Wow, look at you. But you now un rolling. underneath it, there's a new line, unfortunately, <laughs> that says expires September next year. So you better get busy, Herbert. They oh, got to extend says, that. They got to extend that. Oh, hang on, guys. Mine says expires September 30th, 2022. Why are you better than me? What is your say? 29, uh, 26, 2021. Huh. Interesting. That's hmm. upsetting. So I've got 3,852 miles. Of course, I've supercharged all of about, I think, 75 miles. <laughs> In the, I, I have none. Yeah, zero because I don't know miles? my app doesn't work. I don't have any free supercharging miles, and I think it has something to do with a fluke in my account because the Model S has free supercharging for life, and my three is attached to that. So I don't, I don't think any of my referrals are getting me supercharging miles. I think I'm getting double uh, entries into the win a free Model Y, and you know. So far, well, uh, I haven't won. This just, just in, they said you can cash these in for dollars on a one-to-one -one basis if you do it before September. What? You can get $8,000. No, a lie. that's not true. You made that up. I made you that did, up. You did it twice. Twice, twice in one, in one show. show. But that's hey, Robert, nice. you have had your Model 3 now for a while. You probably haven't been driving it that much. Can you give us an update? Are you happy? Are you sad? Do you want your S back? I'm very happy. I'm, uh, you know, some, I can't tell you how many people have asked me how do you like it? How is it compared to the S? And I, every time I said, well, it's sort of like, you know, you give me a really good bowl of udon and you give me a really good bowl of spaghetti and you ask me, which is better? It's different. They're very different. They're both very tasty, the S and the three. I'm enjoying the S because I actually had uh, some changes made to the S. I might just fell over. You mean the three? I had, I'm sorry. I had changes made to the Model 3. I went down and saw um, Mark at RPM Tesla and because uh, I wanted to get the front end of it wrapped, you know, one of those clear bras. Mm -hmm. So he said he could do that for me. But while I was there, he pulled out all of these, these goodies, uh, like the center console, if you imagine, you both have a three, dark and very shiny. Mm -hmm. And I've seen lots of them with lots of scratches in them. Yes. And that's very upsetting. And he used to put like a wrap over it, you know, the same thing you would put on the car. But he says he's got something new. And since mine was white with a white interior, he covered all of the panels, like the opening uh, panels that run along the center console with a white, like a sparkly white covering. It's, uh, I think it's vinyl. It looks the same as the outer pink of the car. It's got that same pearlescent kind of finish. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he put a leather, now I have leather in the car before it was all vegan, yeah. but a leather white cover over the armrest it kind of like holds on really tight so you really don't even know that notice that it's not original and then on the back side of the center console the same white uh coat covering so now the, the car is even more like bright and shiny 
and um, I don't know, like uh, it just feels more happy inside. That Mark, he's a great guy. Does it? Do you get that reflection? Because I just drove the car today. I was supporting a local uh, store getting lunch, and um, that's that part that's underneath the vent. The air conditioning on the vent dash. on the dash there is super white. It was the middle of the day and I was really glaring. I'm like, I need to get something put over that. Yeah, the problem with that is that uh, especially around noontime of the day, when the sun hits it and you look into the side view mirror, it just obscures the side view mirror. So I was considering getting like a, uh, a wood overlay to place along that strip. I'm not into the carbon fiber thing. So that's something I might end up doing with Mark as well. And uh, I got to drive his Y. I don't think we talked about that the last time. No, we sure didn't. What? So, yeah, that's right. You did, you did it via Voxer. I forget like the difference between the show and the Voxer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's my show. It's my personal show. Tell us. The Voxer is your personal show? <laughs> Tell us about yeah. the Y. Yeah, so the Y. Um, I kept thinking it was an X. Every time I was, you know, I was, so Mark picked up his Y on like the Sunday after they started delivering. So it must've been right at the beginning of August. And it was like just three days before I went down there with my car. And uh, so he said, you know, come look at the, at the Y. He'd already had it all kind of doodled out. He had all kinds of stuff done to it, tinted the windows and everything. And then I got in it and he says, let's go for a ride. And I was like, are you sure? And he said, of course. And so we went on the freeway, drove around town. I did some hard U-turns because the amazing thing, so that was the first thing that comes to my mind, is a hard U-turn, empty streets, right? Nobody's out driving, really. And uh, so I made this hard U-turn. The car never tipped. It was kind of surreal. You would think this car in which you're sitting up quite high, and that's a tall car, would tip and tilt, and there would be some kind of like an uneasy feeling in your gut. None of that. So you're referring to body roll when you talk about tilting, right? Tilting body roll. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, like the battery down at the base makes such a difference. Um, you know, I think that people who drive uh, SUVs are going to be really impressed by that. Of course, this is a pretty expensive SUV, um, but the body lines are very Tesla. In fact, I don't know about you guys, but I sort of feel almost as if uh, without paying attention, it, it, the lines are blurred enough that I can't always immediately tell, oh, that's a three, that's a Y, or that's a X, because they have such a very consistent look to them. Mm -hmm. So I have made a fool of myself multiple times. And I said, oh, your X looks great. What do you mean? It's not an X, a Y, or vice versa. I've done that with three and Y. I'm like, there's a Y, and then, oh, it's a three. The back seats... So I always do this test. I'll get in the driver's seat and I'll adjust it so it's just right for me. And then I get behind myself because I want to know, does this car really have room in the back seat? Can you put two six foot four people back to front? And sure enough, very comfortable. I didn't have to splay my legs out. I could sit very comfortably and the back seats recline. There's well, three cool. positions for the back seats. And I don't know if that's in the more premium version or not, because it's electronic. It's done with push buttons. And, and go ahead. I was going to, I was wondering, like you did that same thing in your three, I'm assuming. Is there a difference? How much more room? Is there equal amount of room, a little less? I think it's pretty equal. I think it's pretty equal. Okay. How will it be with the seven seater configuration? 
I expect different. But mm. there's no way you could put three of me, I think, in any car, except a stretch limousine or something. Yeah. No, I don't think the third seat, but I'm just curious, like from the back seat. Of, so you felt like the back seat of the three, about the same amount of space that's the back seat of the Y, or the Y had a little more? I think it's same. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Can I ask you a specific question as well? Yes. Because I was going to talk about how quiet the Model Y is because I've been watching lots of videos about Model Y. And the thing that keeps coming up over and over again is it's super quiet. They did a lot more stuff under the body, under the bottom of the car. They did more foam stripping around the doors. So many people who own 3 and X were saying this is the quietest, and S, this is the quietest of all the cars. But did you notice that? I would say it was very quiet. There, there was a little bit of a whistle on the highway doing like 70 because I guess the glass, again, isn't lining up quite as well. And that's probably because it's an early model that just came off the line, you know, at the, whatever, one of the first few hundred cars, Tom. Yeah. So from what I understand about this, the early threes, which is what me and Mel have, I'm assuming you're talking about the noise in your early yeah. three. Yeah. The early threes were louder than the late three. So the three that Robert has, has a lot more, they, Tesla learned a lot more about sound deadening. They added a lot more sound deadening as production continued and they move that into the Y. So the late threes and the Y share a lot of similarities from noise, but I believe if me and you went from R3 to a Y, that's going to be a big difference because, again, our cars are so much earlier. Yeah, and I think the same thing will probably end up happening for the Y as well because uh, Mark pointed out these little gaps and that he actually has already developed a gap-filling you know, workaround Mm -hmm. and get installed it on the car. And while we were driving on the freeway at 70 miles an hour, he reaches up out of the passenger seat just with the window open and he peels out this piece of rubber that he had jammed into the glass all around the roof of the car, right? So it's not like the three, right? My three has glass above the driver's head, but there's like a crossbar just behind me. At the B pillar, at the B pillar. Yeah. And then there's glass that runs all the way down to the back that doesn't break. The Y is different. It has one solid piece of glass along the top with no bar between the B pillars. And uh, it's built more like the Model S that I had. And so it's around that that there's some unevenness and a couple of like wider gaps in one place or another. So again, we're driving down the highway, we're nice and quiet. He pulls out this thing and it actually did get a little bit whistly, very little. But, you know, I think that's, again, going to be one of those things that Tesla improves as they gear up production and get their production, you know, issues handled. Mm, what else? What else about it? The, the interior is exactly the same, except the seats sit on like a four or five inch boost. So yeah. it feels like the same seat. And it feels like there's so much room under the seat. You can put like a shoebox under there now. I don't know if anybody's going to create like drawers under the seat. Well, that was a question. I saw that the Y seat was raised up, but it's not a solid platform. So there's still, it, you, there's still space under it to like put stuff. You don't, you're not, your feet aren't like hitting it or anything. No, like, I'm, like I said, there's a place you could cool. put a, uh, some kind of a drawer assembly down there Ooh. and store more stuff. I could put like a gun safe in there. Uh, or you, you could, could put a little cooler and have your sandwiches <laughs> right there under your feet. That probably would taste better. That would taste better. <laughs> Yeah, I think 
Now, I didn't like the side view mirrors. I'm looking at the side view mirrors. I took a long video when I drove the car and the side view mirrors are really narrow and they're taller, but they just feel weird. Um, I'm, I'm big on mirrors because I like to have my seat in just the right place that I have no blind spots. I don't know that I can create that in the Model 3. What about the, did you drive it in autopilot? Did you notice any differences in the autopilot controls or visuals? I, I noticed nothing different since his Y and my 3 were probably manufactured within a couple of weeks of each other. Okay. So I think they had all the identical uh you know, all the identical goodies on them. How about the frunk? Did you open the frunk? Yeah, it's pretty good size. It's deeper. Um, it's not giant. Uh, it's not that different than the Model 3, but deeper. And the back is big as well. And the hatch is electronic. You don't have to, you know, haul it. You push buttons. And uh, it's got a lot more electronic controls, like of the rear seats, um, mm. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else the buttons that I saw did, but I, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember it all. Did you like it? I did. I liked it very much. Any regrets? If I had, uh, no. I, again, I'm a, I like cars. I'm not big into the tall SUV. You know, that's why I ordered the, um, the aero wheels is because in the long run, I want to have as much efficiency as possible. I'm not that hung up about the fact that my wheels don't look as slick as the, uh, you know, the, all the other wheels that are out there on the market. Um, I want maximum efficiency. That's, that's what I've been going for all along. Well, your efficiency went up substantially when you went from S to three, like substantially. Yeah, much better. And it's nice now that I can go to work and come back home and still have like 220 miles on the car. I mean, it's got, it's basically given me one day of, you know, I drive 50 miles each way. It's given me one day of like, I don't know, buffer so that if for some reason the charger is not available, another tenant is on it or my timing is off and I can't get on it. Um, that I don't ha I have that much less stress. It's considerably more. And now I've seen the light when it comes to the 400 mile range. Thank you. I think, uh, oh, I think that is definitely going to make a huge difference for people. And uh, it's encouraging to see Tesla constantly like, oh, we decided we know how now to better tweak the motor so we can give you an extra 12 miles of range. You know, that upward stepping improvements are, are big, really big. Oh, I didn't get my 400 mile Y. I wanted to have a 400 mile Y, but no, no. But they should... You know, there's no reason for them not to start doing that now. I, in the past, I thought they had to differentiate S and X, but um, the flagship vehicle in the years ahead is going to be the Y. That's the one they're going to sell the most of by far. So just make it as good as you can and just charge extra and slap in a bigger battery in that puppy. And, you know, battery investor day thing is looking like it's going to be a mid-May now. It was going to be in April, but now they're talking mid-May and I'm hoping there. They'll say, oh, and by the way, since we've increased the efficiency of these batteries by 50%, there's going to be a 400-mile Model Y coming out in six months. Are they still going to do that thing live, you think? Or are they going to do move it all online, make it all virtual? It would be cool if it was all virtual. I don't think they're going to have a big crowd there. It won't be like that. There might be some YouTubers and stuff six feet apart, but uh, there's not going to be shardies and sliders, mate. 
So, no, I know, but I mean, still, with all this, they're going to have to, people will have to travel there, so there's a risk there, you know, like, I don't know if you know this, but people really aren't traveling very much right now. Really? Is that true? I think, yeah. Well, the, the question I had was, when the Battery Investor Day happens, if we get a link to it, are we going to be in the same place together? No. Watching it? No. No. <laughs> I'm never going to be seeing you guys no, again. I just, no. I just, <laughs> Mel doesn't want it anywhere. This is like the perfect situation for Mel. He's like, oh, I don't have to be around people anymore, and I can blame a virus? Perfect. Just count me in. This yeah. is great. Oh I didn't know there was a pandemic until yesterday. It was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? The world's exactly the way it's always been. <laughs> hey, Mel, do you want to come over? No, no, I really can't. Hey, Mel, can we come by? No. no. Sorry, you can't no. do that either. No. Can I get a hug? No. 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 No, no, no <laughs> emotional, emotional distancing is, is not required for coronavirus, just so oh, you know. Oh, you sure? Yeah. yeah. It's too bad. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So tell me about that stock price again. A 75% increase? 430 to 753. Now that's down obviously from its high that it was, but since this thing, January 2nd, that's not really when that, when we went into, you know, full safety, double, triple lockdown situation. It's a little before that, but this thing's been going on obviously, right? Since December, maybe even earlier in California, they think maybe it showed up a while ago and we didn't know about it, but Anyways, since lockdown, 430, now it's 753, 75% increase. Yeah, and if you draw a line from like the first of the year through to now, it just continues the same line that there was yeah. going up before. So there was this huge spike, a couple of them, and dip. But if you just ignore all that, the, the, the company's on the same trajectory moving up. The real so, question is, how are people going to react to the next two quarters? Because the next two quarters are going to be miserable for all kinds of companies. How are people going to deal with that? Well, is that the stock market's already sort of factored that in? Because like Ford and GM are terrible. Tesla's you know, making a ton of cars in China. So that's sort of their, it's still going to be bad quarters, but they're I not going to be tragic. They I might just sell don't 50, know. You know. I, don't, I don't think we have any idea. We've got... We really don't know. We had 11 million people on unemployment, another 12, 7 million people the next month. So who knows, you know, how this shakes out? Who knows? There's some estimates that when this thing ends, 70% of the restaurants in New York will be closed. How do you it's come back from that? I know. You yeah, know, this is going to be a recession that's a need? little worse than the last one. I don't it's know. It's hard to say because the fundamentals are different in this particular one potentially because you don't have maybe the same real estate, although maybe it becomes a commercial real estate issue as opposed to a residential real estate. It's just hard to know. I know that, you know, the, the thing that they did do is added like they, they, they just proactively kind of forgave some people's mortgages and added it to the end. So they're like, you don't have to pay your mortgage for these three months. And we're just going to add it to the end to sort of keep for from foreclosing on people, whether that's trickling down to people who rent and to the landowners, you know, who knows how that whole thing's going to flush out. There's a lot that we don't know about this. Just like there's a lot we don't know about the virus itself, there's a lot we don't know about the real economic income. Because you can go to your supermarket and see empty shelves of milk, and then you can read stories about farmers who are dumping millions of gallons of milk down the drain because they were preparing their milk for food service and they can't get that into commercial packaging. 
Uh, so it's really weird. Or, you know, 50% of the food grown in this country is goes to food service, cruise ships, places like Disneyland, big hotels. It's packaged differently. All that stuff is not even being uh, like harvested anymore. It's being tilled right back into the soil. So there's just huge, huge economic impacts. I didn't really understand that because it's not like the half the population disappeared yesterday. So yeah, you, if you go on a cruise, you eat cruise ship food, but if you're not on the cruise, you're eating anyway. So I don't right. really understand. But it's packaging because they can't get it. Like it's, it's packaged differently. So if you're a, a farm that's like a dairy farm, for instance, who's only making like commercial, like you're you're sending five gallon buckets of things, five gallon buckets of butter, okay, five, so that part ten of the gallon. Industry. It's yeah. the packaging part of it, and and if you think about like everybody who, let's say you would eat fifty percent of your meals at home and fifty percent of your meals in a in a restaurant, and maybe you would go to a big place like Cheesecake Factory, they would get massive bulk things and then separate it and send it out to their restaurants and smaller things those big bulk things you can't just like go into a ralph's and buy a thousand pound block of mozzarella cheese like what are you gonna do with that how cool this would it be not, <laughs> this is not well it'd be cool and you wouldn't need toilet paper anymore either if you started going through that that's for sure but but these sorts of things that you that you didn't realize right and you're talking about cruise ships how many hundreds of thousands of people go on cruise ships and all they do is eat for five days they're just they're they're bringing on giant buckets of things and then they're putting them in different things to distribute them. So it's at Disneyland, you know, they, they're getting 150 pound sacks of flour. What, what good is that? Right. You like Even to transfer sack, right. It's to like, transfer all that capacity into consumer based is just impossible. Yeah. It's like going to Costco and already this stuff is too big for your house. Right. It's like, I really don't mm -hmm. need four gigantic things of peanut butter. It would be like going like, oh, you have to have three 50-pound gallon drums of peanut right, butter. Right, <laughs> exactly. Or you're getting your soy sauce in a 50-gallon drum. Like, what are you going to do with that? Again, that would be cool. Uh, <laughs> a lot of sodium in there, though. <laughs> sodium and cheese. You're just like, I'd like some soy mozzarella, please. That's what's happening at a lot, at a lot of the uh, food pantries where they're getting these enormous quantities and then people volunteering to split up what's there so that the butter is in a usable size and then they parse it out into packaging that they can give people these care packages. That's really, really complicated because when I was working at food pantries, we started to do that with rice and beans and we would like have, you'd have three or four volunteers every morning taking a 50 or a hundred. And this was only a 50 or a hundred pound bag of rice. I can't imagine like a 500 pound like pallet of rice that's just one big open thing. And then they'd have to scoop it into Ziplocs and close those Ziplocs and put them. It's just like a logistical nightmare. And, and so that's what you're seeing. If you, again, like if you were ordering a thousand pounds of zucchini, you just get it in one big thing. You'd chop it up in your machines and cook it in your 50 gallon, like chili drum. You can't do that anymore. So that's the, the weird thing about this. And here, uh, I read this article about chicken wings because they canceled all these sports, right? The NCAA tournament, chicken wings, they're, they're everywhere. And the price dropped out the bottom of it because these, these companies had built these two or 3 million pounds of chicken wing sales into the chain of like, we, we grow the chickens here. So the wings are ready here. And then when that, that date where the chicken wings were ready came, there were no sports and so no one was going to Buffalo Wild Wings or making wings at home. And it was just, no one's going to bars and like, I'll have a beer and a thing of wings. So chicken wings, one of the weird things about this that are like 
there's a glut of them and they're, they don't know what to do with them. You know what? We've proved uh, this mathematical theorem that's going around. I don't know if you've heard it, but uh, no two or three people can gather together and talk for more than two minutes without end up talking about COVID-19. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. That's, that's what happened. But let's move on to a supercharger update from Robert Rosenblum. But before we do, let's talk oh. about uh, coronavirus. Uh, no, 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 let's not do that. Yeah, well, actually, as a preview to this, I was invited on Wednesday to participate as part of the Tesla Club um, to go to a virtual unveiling. Evidently, so there's this huge charger infrastructure that they created in Pasadena. I think it's the Moringa uh, parking structure. It's like downtown Pasadena. And it's up on the top of this parking structure, like the fifth level. There are, now I got to remember, like 22 uh, metro superchargers and like another 24 of these combination Chatamo CCS chargers. And those are free. So the city of Pasadena, we're supposed to have like this big unveiling, ribbon cutting, hundreds of people coming, all this press. And they decided instead of doing that, they were just going to shoot a commercial uh, where they could you know, promote it that way. And mm-hmm. so they invited uh, a few of us from the Tesla club and the uh, Porsche was there with the fancy electric Porsche. And I think Audi brought a, uh, a car. There was a Bolt. There was a, you know, there was a, a smattering of cars. Everybody was masked every time. You know, I'm kind of a little casual about this, being a doctor and knowing the actual dynamics of the coronavirus. Here I am throwing that in there. So it's like I would walk up a little close to somebody and it was almost as if there were two magnets with opposing forces. <laughs> People would just kind of back away. And they were, it was like really interesting for me to observe. And so uh, anyway, so I went to this thing and uh, this was an amazing look, you know, forward looking uh, facility. It was almost the entire top floor of this parking structure full of chargers. And the thought of having something like that is pretty impressive. I, you know, unfortunately it's on the top floor. So you have to drive around and around and around to get up there. It's not like, you know, the, the gas station, which was so well situated. So you got off the freeway, you barely had to make a right turn and you were filling up. So I think people have to get over that, but it was great to see. Did they have a solar canopy associated with this thing? See or no? Oh, sad. So the interesting thing about this is there's like 44 chargers. 24 of them, like Robert said, are the Tesla Metro chargers at 72 kilowatts. But Tesla paid the capital saving the capital cost for the other chargers as well so those 20 chargers that tesla doesn't own tesla paid $140,000 as part of the deal of installing their metro chargers for those other chargers so good on you tesla yeah. excellent we Thanks. were invited by a guy from tesla and he was very cool um very humble guy at one point he was like pimping himself out to hold up a a canopy to help shade uh for the videographer but uh, it was really great to see. It. And it was nice to see that sort of, uh, you know, get back a bit of that uh, Tesla EV enthusiasm that, frankly, I have not had any of that in however many weeks it's been. And looking forward, before I even give the supercharger report, I'm going to give a shout out to the Los Angeles Tesla Owners Club. Mm-hmm. You can go to the website, just put in Los Angeles Tesla Owners Club or Tesla uh, Tesla Owners Club Los Angeles. And this coming Wednesday, you know what this coming Wednesday is? 
No. Drive Electric Week event thing? It is Earth Day. Oh. So we're having a virtual group uh, club meetup for the first 100 people who sign up because that's sign- I think that's the Zoom limit is 100 if you're not paying for it. And so we're going to have a, a, a club gathering, our first virtual club gathering. So go to the uh, online to the Tesla Owners Club Los Angeles. TeslaClubLA.com. TeslaClubLA.com. There you go. And uh, the club is giving you a six-month free subscription or free membership. So if you have your Tesla, go on on to the website, put in all your details, become a member, and you can sign up to be one of the 100 people at this club event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I know quite a few people are going to be there. Some car uh, modification people are going to be there. And, uh, and it'll be a, a good hour, hour and a half. I recommend it. And I also know that Dennis at the Orange County Tesla Owners Club is also planning a Wednesday Earth Day event that's virtual. And uh, so go down to Orange County Tesla Owners Club if you're in that region and uh, sign up for Dennis's event. These are all virtual events, correct? These are virtual events. Yeah, because we're still not bucking the, uh, the stay-at-home plan. Although... I think this is going to be a fun event because we're going to talk about some things you can do to your Teslas while you're at home because most people aren't even getting out to their Teslas. I did go watch Netflix in mine the other day, though. Just to enjoy it? It's good, good audio. I will say it was that. good. It was Excellent impressive. Audio. Impressive. Good Let's talk superchargers. Let's. Uh, thanks again to supercharge.info for the data that they collect. You're welcome, Robert. I get uh, <laughs> notifications on my watch still. And so... It's been 19 days since we were together here on the Talking Tesla show. You guys, uh, without looking at the show notes, do you think we've had a good 19 days or yeah. a not good 19 no, days? No, I'll, I'll, I'll do the math. No, it goes like this. So normally so they're ramping up V3, uh, Buffalo uh, Factory. This is the year that there's going to be lots of so – there's, so it's probably about 280 new superchargers. Then there's a pandemic. Then there's minus pandemics. Um, it's not good. well um let's see five six seven eight there's there's like over 12 250 kilowatt superchargers either opening or in the works which is pretty impressive we have a total of 25 new open superchargers which is not a bad number for 19 days that's more than one a day uh seven in the united states Two each in Australia, Canada, and China. One each in Taiwan, Japan, and Poland. We have 25 under construction and seven that have been permitted. So I think this is a pretty robust period. I think we can uh, celebrate. Yay! Any near us? That's all I care about. (laughs) Or anywhere I'm driving. That's all I care about. Yeah, I'm... There were a couple in California. Let's see. California. Now, uh, no, I think just as we went to press on our last show, they were opening up Emeryville in Northern California. Um, but Cerritos, California has gone into construction. Mm-hmm. Yes, Cerritos. The auto mall is right there. Green Bray, California. I don't think I've ever been to Green Bray. But that's it for California. Green Bay is also in construction. And that's going to be a Metro Charger with 14 stalls 
and uh, Greenbrae is is near the Court Madera Creek in Marin County. Cheese, not too far from San Quentin. Uh, well, there you go. Jails. If you need to make a Cheese quick getaway. Grab a Tesla. Although if you go up there in Greenbrae, right around there is Mount Tamil Pass. That is lovely. And Muir Woods, Muir Woods National Monument is right there. A lovely place to go walking if uh, it was open, because it probably isn't. Yeah, it probably isn't. That is where they filmed Star Wars when uh, Luke Skywalker was being chased on those like suspended motorcycles. That Ooh, the Ewoks. Uh, with the Ewoks. Yeah, with the Ewoks. Mm. Yeah, they filmed that all in the Muir Woods National Monument. No, yes. what are you talking about? That's real. What? Oh, I mean, yeah, no, Mel. It was on another planet. Yeah, Ewok, it was like Ewoklandia. Millions of miles away. What are you talking about? And also about? It, was a, it was a long, long time ago yeah, as well. Yeah, it was way... What in the back. Saying? They just found the movie discs like on a satellite. That's how <laughs> Star Wars was created. Well, that sort of reminds me of my media pick, Tom. Ooh, I how you should how you should, you know, move into that. I'm a segue machine, Robert. Oh, man. I finished The Man in the High Castle on Amazon. What? That show was really quite good. A it little was, weird. Yeah. Definitely a little. a little weird, but I really like the science fiction. I like the the twisted, the twisted nature of the show that happened around, kind of around midway through the show, maybe at the start of the third season, mm-hmm. weird stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beginning of it, I never wanted to start it because of all the Nazi symbolism, mm-hmm. which uh, was really kind of disturbing as a, as a man who grew up being quite Jewish once upon a time. Quite Jewish? Uh, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> If I said um, that, that would be inappropriate, but he can say it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he can definitely say it. You cannot. I know you're a media hog. I am. I have a lot of media uh, picks because I don't know if you guys knew this. Um, there's really nothing else to do <laughs> except uh, be on the media in some way, shape, or form. So if you're out there and you're a sports fan and you are jonesing for football, and by football I mean actual football and not NFL football, Sunderland Till I Die. This is a two-season event about the Sunderland football team in England, and it's amazing. It's really good. There's amazing game footage in it. It follows behind the scenes and the the club itself and the chefs and sort of the owners and relegation promotion from the Premier League to the Champions League. Uh, it's so good. That is really good. There's another movie called Molly's Game, and that's about a young lady who has an illegal poker game. Uh, I watched that movie a while ago, but I it's it popped up on Netflix, so I'm recommending it. It's now available for free streaming if you're a Netflix owner. I watched an older movie with Ethan Hawke called Juliet Naked, which is a rom-com, and it's kind of sweet and a good diversion from all the other stuff that's going on. I really enjoyed that one. Three very, very good actors in that movie. Uh, And then in terms of a book, I've been reading this book called Range, and this is about uh, being more broadly, have more broad interests and bringing those into your professional life. So instead of being a hyper-focused, I'm a, you know, environmental contract lawyer. It's like, what are all these other things that you are interested in and can you bring them to your professional life? Very, very good. Uh, In terms of music, there's a band called I'm With Her, Three lovely young ladies. They have albums and YouTube concerts. There's Tiny Desks uh, concert from NPR. So there's a lot of content out there. Go out there and find it. I used to tell people to go outside. Um, 
you can't do that anymore. <laughs> so if you're listening to an old uh, issue of this of this show, uh, yeah, don't right. do that. Don't go out. He's taking it back. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I was. Um, you're typing uh, on my typing on Melvis. That's upsetting. Yeah. I yeah. wrote down that I was in the current season of Westworld, which again is taking it to another level. Kind of mm-hmm. really interesting. Don't say anything because I'm behind you. I'm trying to catch up. Disturbing. <laughs> Trying to catch up. That's one of mine, Westworld. I'm a bit behind you, Robert. Mm-hmm. I watched the movie The Way Back. Very predictable, but I liked it. Nice. The Foundation series, which I read as a kid, reading what's, again. What's that about? It's in the future, and they've got this sort of uh, psychology where they can predict what happens to what the future will be by this social psychology. They've really worked out how mass groups of people think and because of that, they can actually predict the future and they can even sort of uh, turn the future one way. It's going to become an Apple series, but it was an Asimov uh, trilogy initially. And then he went on to write more, which weren't quite as good. But mm-hmm. Which is going to have a connection to Westworld, which is interesting. Oh, you what? Yes. yes. Oh, now I'm so excited. It's Creek on Netflix. Very funny. You've been watching that too? Yes, very uh, funny. At first, I couldn't stand it. I'm like, oh, my God. But then you know what it reminded me of? Mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island. Yes, it's a little oh, Gilligan's Island-ish. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. And then, of course, I watched Pandemic and Outbreak. Why? Because uh, we're living them. <laughs> Just to see. And, you know, it's interesting how a lot of the concepts there are very – they're talking about R-naught and they're talking about all the stuff that's going down now. So I just couldn't help myself. I watched Raging Bull. Tom, please give us the quote. It defeats its own purpose. <laughs> so good. Why'd you cook my steak so far? It defeats its own purpose. <laughs> that's a terrible, a terrible Jake LaMotta that's what, that's accent. It's funny so bad. It's so I don't actually bad. even know what he sounded like, and that ain't it. <laughs> and of course, Tiger King. Has Boo. anybody not watched Boo Tiger King? Boo on Tiger. I watched Tiger yeah, King. I watched Why? The whole thing. Why? What is it it's, about that show? It's, it's bizarre. It's, it is brilliant because... It takes you out of any kind of a position where you feel sorry for yourself, that my life isn't right, uh, any kind of depression you might be feeling, any kind, you now feel like you are the smartest person in the world, that you've got the world all together. Your life is so dialed in and so perfect because right. the folks that you're watching on this show have got it so messed up. But they try to make them seem sympathetic, and these are horrible human beings, every one of them. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're a little broken. I love it because it reminds me of my childhood. And by horrible, <laughs> I mean the people who own these parks is what I'm saying, not the people that work for them. They all seem like they're fine people well, trying to find their way. Just because they euthanize all these little uh, uh, tiger pups? Not just because, but because, Robert. <laughs> Let's take the just away from that. I mean, the guy was like killing and burying tigers – it's insanity. It but anyways, I totally get that. And how about this? Do you, I don't know if you guys have Hulu or if this is on FX. Have you seen Devs? No. Yeah. I watched the first two episodes of Devs. That thing looks like it's going to be very good. How about in, the Last In the realm dance. of a man in the high castle type of a situation. Oh, no, that Last Dance. What's that? That's going to be the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, that's yes. Out Sunday. Yes. Or at least I'm the first so two hours. About that. So excited about that. You I live that. I, I, you know, I don't watch much basketball anymore. Well, actually, none right now. <laughs> Nobody does. Don't worry about but it. I was obsessed with Michael Jordan. I get obsessed with these sort of 
figures like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, those kind of people. I was obsessed with the Bulls. Michael Jordan, I watched every single game. I can't wait to go relive the glory years. I can't believe it was like 25 years ago that it all ended. It's sad. We could do a show on media picks, I have a feeling. I know. We could do media picks. I'm sure we could keep going because that's all there is. Can you imagine <laughs> the pandemic in, in uh, 1918? They didn't have Netflix. Media that's picks un- were like unimaginable. Uh, this new Charles Dickens book uh, <laughs> I just found. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, like how many people actually read back then? Yeah. You know, how, how many boring. books were there? What did you do all day? Sing to each other? I think most of them fought in World War One. Yeah. Well, if they weren't dying in barracks. But yes. No, I think we should. The next show should be half media picks. Maybe we should be picking up the pace of the show so that we could help give people good ideas on what to do with their free time. Oh, there's another good media pick. It's called This Won't Hurt a Bit. Oh, yes. We just did two new episodes. It's a medical show for the non medical people. And guess what we talked about? I bet it was a virus of some sort. <laughs> you are so smart. Uh, yes, but we haven't been doing these as frequently, and I haven't been, because all three of us, it turns out, work in the medical field, either doing education or actually looking after patients. So we've been just a tad, a sousson, just a mm, busy. So we're sorry that the show has slowed down, but we'll try and get together uh, whenever we can. It's been tough. We won't make it 19 more days. We'll do it maybe in two weeks. Maybe. Okay. Or 14 days, one of the two. Or, or 15 Or days. maybe a half a month from now. Yeah. Oh, a fortnight yeah. and a, a fortnight. half? Half yeah. a fortnight? Yeah. A quarter yeah. of a fortnight? Whatever <laughs> a fortnight is? A 24th of a year. <laughs> is, is that what a fatigue. fortnight means? A 24th of a year? Uh, well, I think essentially it is the same thing as a 24th of the year. Um, this show has jumped the shark. What? No, just this part of the show is done. No. I thought it was actually pretty good up until now. We 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 talked about like very specific Tesla things before we dove too deeply into like the COVID misery. But even that, we sort of tied in to the world and the cleanliness of the world. We went environmental up on this. It was pretty exciting. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, I'm gonna go and watch some Netflix. What are you gonna watch? <laughs> <laughs> I got, I've got some uh, it's Creek to catch up with. All right, yeah, gentlemen. How many? There's like four seasons of that yeah. or more? And you've made me think I should also go back and watch Gilligan's Island because that was my favorite as a kid. I mind too. <laughs> Can you watch Gilligan's wow. Island? Can you go back and watch Gilligan's Island? I was thinking about this the other day. I asked a friend. Now we're going to go back into the show. But like, <laughs> remember shows like Happy Days and Laverne and yes. Shirley? How come those shows haven't come back? But they kind of have in my mind. I'm watching MASH. Are you? Oh, yeah. Did you start from the beginning? No. Um, no, just my wife's been watching it, so I just like been I loved checking Mash. it out. Mash was like, that that's why I became episode. a doctor. Because so of Mash? Yeah, I wanted to be Hawkeye. I thought it was one of the reasons to get the hell out of Australia. Oh, well, there's lots of reasons, but Hawkeye, <laughs> Hawkeye was the doc. Like that was like you yeah. wanted to be that guy. You get the yeah. you got the ladies, he was super nice, he could do all these crazy Christ. He was super stuff. nice to some people. He was kind he was of a, s- to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that made him interesting too. Trapper John was really the nice guy. Oh yeah, he Trapper was John was. I, I didn't want to be that How about nice. Radar? <laughs> radar Ra- wasn't Ra- a doctor, but I liked Radar. Radar was very nice. He was great. There are a lot of good people on that show. Right. But there are, at least you didn't say you wanted to be Frank Burns. 
Yeah, it's ah, true. Oh I probably am Frank Burns, but I didn't want to be. <laughs> Aren't we all a little of them? <laughs> and then that spinoff into Trapper John MD much later in life, that yeah, was a pretty I good doctor show. As there was as another one shows. which was um, The Colonel and uh, what's his name? Colonel Potter. Potter. Yeah, and um, not Raider, the guy that came after him. Jamie, the one, the, the guy the, that uh, dressed up like a lady, the woman, to, right. to yeah. try to get out. Jamie, Jamie, something. What was his character? Gosh, I'm so demented. Oh, it's been it's pathetic. Years. Anyway, they did a show that I think it lasted one season together. It wasn't a great success. <laughs> None of the spinoffs were huge successes. That would be a good uh, mo- media pick, though. The Mash movie, the original movie, was yeah. spectacular. That yeah. was a really, really good movie. Uh, Donald Sutherland and yep. who else? Oh. Um, I can't remember anything here, anymore. I'll get you the cast right now. Hold on I've got second. that COVID sort of uh, vagueness. <laughs> COVID vagueness? Yeah, there's a syndrome. Donald Sutherland, the- Elliot Gould, Elliot Tom Skerritt, Sally Kellerman, Robert Duvall. Wow, that was that a, a pretty, uh, impressive, pretty impressive cast, actually. Gary Bergdorf was Radar in the movie. Yes. The same guy that was on the TV show. Oh, so I just picked up a Trivial Pursuit question right there. You know that's going to be asked. Come on. That could Absolutely. be. That's a good one. And it was directed by anyone? Anyone? Uh, Steven Spielberg. Incorrect. Wow. <laughs> okay. Robert so, Altman. Wow. That oh, was very close. Very close. Yeah, you were within, <laughs> within absolutely zero. There zero. may have been an R, I think. There's not even it. six degrees of Kevin Bacon <laughs> in that puppy. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kevin Bacon. Who doesn't love a good Kevin Bacon? There's uh, a lot of... Any, you guys seen any uh, virtual... Speaking of other media pics, see any virtual concerts or any of this stuff going on? Are we just doing the show again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just, all right, let's end it. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't get it out much. John so Kaczynski's, John Kaczynski's uh, at home sort of comedy sort of variety show that he's doing is fantastic. Yeah, I watched some of Saturday Night Live. It didn't have the same oomph. Yeah, but, no, it, uh, it was kind of interesting them trying. It didn't have any oomph really, although <laughs> there was some stuff. It was the opening where Tom Hanks was like, mm, some of this is going to be good and some of it's going to be like, Regular Saturday Night Live stuff that isn't that good. <laughs> it was there was some there the Zoom meeting thing, which apparently was like a, a a copy of like a thing that went viral when they they had the two ladies who basically were like on phone support and they had no idea what they were doing. That was a pretty funny skit. And and the one woman, the one woman like took her computer into the bathroom right in the middle of the call, but didn't realize <laughs> that like the video was still rolling. And I was like. I'm so and, and somebody that told happened. me that that went viral. Like that was something that actually happened and it had gone viral and they no. were basically copying that. So oh I haven't searched it, but pretty cool of them to try to pull that off. I thought that I'm was just fun. so impressed with all the meetings that I've been online, uh, looking at people's backgrounds and noticing where they live and what it looks like and how messy you, your place looks great. I love your ceiling. That's pretty much all I see is you, your ceiling, and the microphone, and some That's, big. Because down here, it's all filth. It's all dirty laundry. You <laughs> yeah. can't see the floors at all. Yeah. And so, like, I've been thinking, you know, like, oh, that doesn't look bad. I see your yoga mat. Good for yeah. you, Tom. Thank you. Lock he makes on. yoga on it. Yeah, it's great. Yoga on it. How dare you? I try, you know. It would have been yeah. good to know if we were together. <laughs> it would have been funny. I'm going because it's time for me to work out. Yeah, I'm going to go do some yoga myself. 
Hey, Talking Tesla Nation, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for sending messages through Facebook. Uh, first Tesla listener with a Tesla roof sent us a message through pay- Facebook. Go check it out, Melvis. You'll oh. see it. It's in Florida. It's installed. It looks wonderful. So thank wow. you very much to uh, Devaloy Muniz. And I don't know if there are other letters. We probably don't have any more letters. But if you want to talk to us, send us some letters, and we'll probably ignore them. It'll be cool. And uh, we'll see you uh, when we see you next. Sounds good. See ya. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys.